We are a quarter of the way through the NFL season. I'm Tucker Franklin hanging out with Nick Lecky and Brian Hanley on today's episode of Outside the Trenches. We'll get into it, that and much more coming up next. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Welcome in to Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Good friends over there as the weather's starting to turn here in Kansas City. Starting to get a little bit cooler. The time of the year when you want to sneak some Five Farms Irish Cream into your coffee. Um, I don't do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it on the weekdays. Do it during. Do it non-work hours. You have to be responsible here. Super excited though to be joined at full strength. Yes, Big B and I've been holding it down. Nick, I we got to get to. How have you been? What have you been up to? Love the shirt, by the way, rocking the Metallica shirt. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, just working. Uh, so I started a new job in a new industry, and so I happen to travel a lot, just but learning stuff, and uh, it's been really cool. It's been really cool. So uh, I'm working in the uh, electrical power industry now. So selling everything, uh, you know, substations, transmission lines, uh, all the components that come with it. So all these big, big projects. So it's pretty cool to see what's being built in this world as far as um, power generation is concerned and learning about the industry too. It's really, really fun. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's uh, that's pretty slick. I didn't, I didn't know that, that that's what, uh, that's what you're been up to, but yeah, we knew you were uh, you were traveling for work. You seem like a world traveler, or at least a country traveler, midweather country traveler, right? Yeah, uh, you, you've been you've been out gallivanting, but it's good to have you back because listen, we we are a quarter away through the NFL season. Gary, thanks for uh, hanging out with us here, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, we're live every night, uh, every Wednesday night, I should say, not every <laughs> going live every night at 9 p.m. would be a commitment, and it would be uh, very taxing for my sleep. Uh, truthfully, it kind of cuts into some of my sleep hours here, but, uh, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season. I know I'm going to put an asterisk on that, right? Because like the last quarter will have five games because they moved the 17 game schedule. Who cares? Uh, I think it would, you'd still say it's uh it's a quarter of the way through the NFL season, four weeks under our belt, but big B, how are you feeling before we dive into the football? Feeling good. Feeling good. I was telling y'all off air. I'll share it with everybody else, man. I have lost 70 pounds. I got about 70 more to go. I am feeling good about life. I'm, I actually feel better. I know everybody always says, oh, you'll feel better. And they're not lying, man. I feel better. I love to see it. We love to see, uh, see those, those wins, those W's. If you're listening, uh, drop a W in the chat. Uh, that's what the kids say. Uh, drop a W in the chat and share your wins. We always like to see those as well. Um, well, let's get into the football talk because there's a lot that has gone on in this absolutely crazy league. Uh, and, and I always start off our, our, I guess, brainstorming sessions, our group chat. I'll just say, what do you guys want to talk about? And, I, and Big B, I think I got to give it to Nick first. It's been, it's been a couple oh, weeks before Nick to. has gotten here. So I, I got I to let Nick, I got to give this floor to Nick. Yeah. I want to hear everything that you've just been sitting on, you've been stewing on here, Nick. Man, there's so much to me. It's like when I saying, remember, I always say, hey, guys, pause week one, week two with your overreactions. You know, let's see if we have a, 
a larger data set. And, and I think we have a larger data set now and we're starting to see who is full of crap and who's legit. And, and, and I, I kind of tied it, uh, I titled it where in the world is Carmen San Diego after everyone's favorite game back in the day, Tucker, you're way too young. Uh, yeah. Big B, you might've seen the game show once or twice, right? Yeah. Where at the end you got to put the little pylons onto the countries and yep. the continents and, um, you know, Lord help you if you got Europe and, you know, you knew a couple countries <laughs> go Eastern, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but to me, it's, it's, I mean, Daniel Jones getting benched to me. It's like, where in the world is Daniel Jones, man, dude gets paid and, and they, they did not pay Saquon because they, they believe the trend of running backs are not worth it. And I know Saquon's hurt. He's got the high ankle sprain, but, and if you use a running back the right way, like the chiefs do running backs can be super valuable to your offense. Now, if you get a bad quarterback like Daniel Jones, and you know they they thought it was a bad a bad pick when they drafted up years ago, and then they paid him, you oh. should have wrote out that rookie contract, man. But him and his agent, right, laughing all the way to the bank. Wildly impressive what that agent was able to do with Daniel Jones, by the way. Um, he, you should, he should be put in the finesse Hall of Fame. Daniel Jones' agent should be. Uh, Big B, your thoughts on uh, the Giants' just epic collapse on uh, Monday Night Football? It was it was a sight to behold. Look, th- this podcast is outside the trenches, and there are very few teams in the NFL that have a worse offensive line than the New York Giants. <laughs> that that eleven sacks. I mean, how I don't even see how you justify anything after giving up eleven sacks. Now, look. Some of those are going to be on Daniel Jones holding the ball too long. Uh, maybe he didn't even set the protections right, you know, the right way, all that kind of stuff. I go, but 11 sacks, yeah. I mean, that's just pathetic. Just absolutely pathetic. And then Seattle didn't really do that much on offense to to win the game. I mean, they did a little bit, but it's not like they had this crazy offensive game and, and just dominated. They didn't have to. They got 11 sacks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then... I don't know if y'all heard Evan Neal today, their pathetic right tackle, came out and was bad-mouthing fans saying they shouldn't boo or who are you to talk bad about us? What are you, flipping hamburgers or hot dogs? I'm like, well, apparently you're flipping hamburgers and hot dogs while you're supposed to be blocking somebody because you have the most pressures of any tackle in the NFL. It was like unbelievable, too. Yeah. I really thought that pick was going to be good. I really thought Evan Neal was going to be a a good guy. They've whiffed on a couple of those offensive line picks. Um, them and the Jets both have. Uh, when yeah. you talk about, um, you know, Mekhi Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets especially. I mean, I got a front row seat to the Jets uh, this week when we were watching the Chiefs, so I got to see a little bit of action there. But it is actually, uh, this is going to be kind of like off off topic, but it's crazy that they had a home game for the Jets, and then the next day they had a home game for the uh, Giants, and were able to flip that stadium and make it feel like a completely different stadium in like 24 hours. That's nuts to me. Um, but yes, uh, I, I was just, the Giants I thought were supposed to be decent or at least competent this year. Um, and just to show them go out and just not have a pulse, look awful. Brian Dable throwing tablets at Daniel Jones, asking him what the F he's doing, what the F was, what, what, what are you doing out there? Um, I think he said something to the nature of like, I didn't want you to throw a pick or something like that. But the lip readers, uh, came out there and said that, but they're in a tough spot. I don't think Seattle is personally as good as they showed in that game. Um, lots of sacks going on. I think they hit the franchise record for Seattle did, um, in sacks in a game, but yeah, 
the Giants are not going to go anywhere with Daniel Jones. They're they're not. They're going to be in quarterback purgatory for a long time now. Again, after paying, sinking a lot of money into there. But I want to I want to talk AFC uh, because I think there's a lot of AFC storylines there. Obviously, you know, we could talk about Philly, but Philly hasn't played very well and they're still undefeated. I think that just shows how good they are as a football team because they're winning ugly games. Um, but let's talk about probably the biggest matchup of of the week, which was Dolphins and Bills. In the first half of that game, Big B lived up to that billing. The second half, not so much. Yeah, I mean, it started out as an absolute track meet, uh, both going up and down the field, up and down the field. But, you know, I, I think I was one of those people that said at the beginning of the year, I said, don't forget about Buffalo. Not a lot of people are talking about them. Um, you know, they they fell off a little bit. Uh, Josh Allen turning the ball over last year a lot uh, and even did the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's still early. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's four games in. But Josh Allen's playing very well right now. And Buffalo just turned it on in the second half. And I mean, that loud thump you hear is Miami fans just coming back down to earth. I mean, those Dolphin fans, they were pumping their chest out. You know, we're going to win the Super Bowl, talking about they were going undefeated. You can't buy a Dolphins fan anywhere in the country. I mean, I think there was only like 11 of them anyway. And now you can't find (laughs) a Dolphin fan anywhere talking football at all. It's absolutely unbelievable. But the Bills are good, man. The Bills are good. Yeah, I I think it's one of those games, too, where where there's going to be any sort of comeback to reality after you hang 70 on a team. Yeah, but then you also look at the flip side and look how bad Denver's hangover was, where they uh, Chicago got up on them, what seventeen nothing. I mean, they they came back and played, which was a make or break time because I think if yeah. you're Sean oh, Payton yeah. and you're sitting there looking at zero and four, you know, you might have lost the season forever, right? You might have just been like, oh, this is not not the season for us. Absolutely, but man. I think I think that Miami, like I said, there's going to be repercussions when you put seventy on someone. There's going to be a lot of repercussions out for the rest of the season. You will have a massive target on your back for the rest of the season. And now they're going to have to step up and, and live up to it, which could help them in the playoffs, you know, because, you know, they're getting everyone's best performance, best uh, uh, best game plans. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are for sure. Uh, I think that's going to be really interesting uh, with the Dolphins moving forward. But, Nick, you brought up the Broncos. And last week, Big B and I said, hey, we got to stop. We're not going to take it easy on them. We got to make fun of them. Uh, we got to make fun of them. And guess what? We get to make fun of them again because they can't even lose right. They can't even tank right. They were in the running for Caleb Williams, and they should have just folded. They should have They should have rolled over. I was thinking at halftime, oh, great. Now the Broncos are going to lose. They're going to be in the, in the front driver's seat for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to be in the AFC West. That's not going to be any fun. I want I want to see these quarterbacks go to the NFC. There's too many good quarterbacks already in the AFC. I want to see them in the NFC. And then they did the most Broncos thing ever, which was come back and win that game. And I, it's it's tough to be in a situation at week four where you're already uh, cheering for the Broncos to win games so they don't <laughs> fully tank, right? Because you don't want them to get the good <laughs> players. Weird it's yeah. a weird. It's, it was a weird spot for me to be in, uh, Big B, but... That game uh, deserves to be on at like 3 a.m. on Saturday, and uh, <laughs> nobody deserved to watch that football game. Uh, but, but thoughts on, as Nick said in our group chat, 
Denver's defense going MIA, and then their offense kind of picking it up as the game went on. I mean, first of all, I don't know what you're talking about because I thought that game was a Super Bowl. I thought it, I thought it was going in. It was going to be the best game that we've seen in the NFL in the last 15 years. Uh, but in all seriousness, I man, just ineptitude on both sides. First off, yeah. it's right. For Denver, that hangover of getting blown out the week before just rolled over in the first two and a half quarters of that game, and they were getting their head beaten in again against a team that had showed absolutely no signs of any type of offense at all. Right. At all. I mean, and I don't know what happened to Denver's defense. Last year, their defense was good. This year, their defense is awful. Just awful. And Chicago's going up and down the field, and the next thing you know, it's the, the, the uh, I don't know, maybe a, a switch got flipped. I don't know. And then they went in the tank. Justin Fields decided, I don't know how to play football again, which it's shown that all year, and, and he went back to, to being that guy again, and Turning the ball over, and then you got their analytical nerd football coach who, uh, I know we got a, a field goal here, but we're going to go for it on fourth and two. Take it out of our best offensive player's hand. Run the ball up the gut. Don't get it, and then you go down and lose the game. I just, unbelievable. Just, yeah. Unbelievable. The analytics work for if it's third and short, fourth and short. As an offense lineman, I'll admit it, I'm okay when they pass it. Yeah, I I am okay with that because you know what I hate more than than running the ball is running the ball with two tight ends in the game. Yes, <laughs> I hate heavy package. I absolutely hate heavy package. It's the dumbest thing. I, unless it's a decoy and you're going to pass it, don't run heavy package. I, I think it's dumb. It's it's trench warfare in like World War One where they still have mustard gas for Christ's sake. <laughs> like it's just foolish. Nobody wins. Nobody wins at all. It's just so it's like get your analytics to say, hey, let's throw on this one. Yeah, I got a question for you guys. No good. Who's got a worse offense? The Bears or the Giants? Oh. Like, what would you rather not play for? <laughs> well, <laughs> if Saquon's healthy, then the Giants have a better offense because Daniel Jones actually looks halfway competent when he's out there. Yeah, but if Saquon's not healthy, I I would take the Bears. I would I would still take the Bears, even though they're I mean they are literally awful. Yeah. I would still take the Bears. I got I've got some stats for you because I've been looking up uh, some offensive line stuff, uh, prepping for our five things to watch. Um, and I was looking at PFF's uh, pass blocking efficiency, which measures uh, pressures allowed on a per snap basis with weighting towards sacks allowed. So. Obviously, if you've got a lot of pressures you're allowing, that's not going to be great, but it's going to weigh more towards the sacks allowed. Uh, the New York Giants are tied for last with 77.1 efficiency rating. The team they're tied with kind of surprised me. It was the Tennessee Titans. I know they don't have a very good offensive line, but I didn't expect them to be that bad um, in terms of uh, pass blocking efficiency. But the Chicago Bears are right there. They're 27th. I mean, they're both, they've both got bad offensive lines. Um they both have players that make absolutely dumb mistakes. They both have, well, the Giants have a very good offensive player in um, uh, Saquon Barkley. There you go. I remember his name there. We're, we're still cooking. Uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, when he's healthy, he has is, is a very good uh, football player. Shocker. Breaking news here. But <laughs> I, 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 I think that, like, 
Man, the way that everything's going in Chicago, though, has been so bad and so obscure. Like, Chase Claypool getting asked to stay at home. Like, they're just saying, you know what? Just stay at home. We'll pay We'll pay you just to not play for us. Um, and I'm, I don't know if, it, like, uh, if it's going to be one of those things where a lot of teams are going to be inquiring for him because I think they can see the writing on the wall, right, with him. It's like, okay, they're going to... They're gonna release him, so why would we? Why would we trade any assets for him? Right. Um, so I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what they do there. But uh, we've got plenty more to talk about. But you know, we've got to take our first break here. Uh, we'll be right back coming up after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Very good question, Nick, uh, leading us into the break. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What, would you, what, what team would you not want to play for in that situation? I think there's... There's a lot of different dynamics that go into it, especially if you're sticking to the offensive side of the ball. I think I'm saying the Bears. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bears just because as an offensive lineman, I need a guy who's gonna be able to elude the sacks that I'm gonna give up, and <laughs> so that's the sole reason why, you know. And it's like I guess with Soldier Field, you know that they they, they still have grass. Was I watching? That? I think so. Grass. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe maybe that that deadens the, the defensive line's rush a, a little bit. It's like a snow game, I guess, because it's so funky. Uh, <laughs> snow game. 
I've heard not good things about Soldier Field, just in terms of A, the fan experience, B, the media experience, and C, the players' experience. I've not, I don't know if I've heard a singular good thing about Soldier Field. I love Chicago, and it's the Midwest. Not like when Ohio people say they're from the Midwest. Like Chicago's the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, correct. You are correct. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You've spent some time in Indiana. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I understand exactly. It's like, I mean, people all the way, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. You, Cleveland is not the Midwest. <laughs> Cleveland is not the Midwest. No. Sorry. Sorry. Rust Belt. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. But I like Chicago. I like Chicago. Chicago's a fun town. A uh, good place to go. I feel bad for their football fans because they have had a bad team for a mm-hmm. Since 06. Since, mm-hmm. since they, they, yeah. Since I was in, in, in with the Cardinals and with Denny Green and First start of the year was Monday night, and we let them off the hook. You know, mm. they are they are who we thought they were, they and we they were. that's the last time Chicago's been good, man. I, I honestly, they just they look like look look this word up, feckless, mm. feckless. I like it. I like it. SAT word of the day. And it's just <laughs> this. Yeah, it's it's bad to watch. Like it's not good football. And no. that shows you how how yes. not good Miami is, and then because Chicago also put up you know seventeen real quick twenty eight. <laughs> I mean, so well, karma will come back and get you sometimes. I mean, Absolutely. Think about them with the last time they were good. Then you fire a coach that goes ten and six. Like that wasn't <laughs> somehow that wasn't good enough. I'm like, and they have been just awful since then. Nebraska Solich. Yes, yep. I, I was gonna say that. They, they mean. Going to the national championship game, winning nine, ten games every year when he only played eleven, wasn't good enough. Got to get rid of. Unbelievable. Yep. Nebraska has a history of doing that because they did Bo Pelini as well, and they now it wasn't a national championship game, so he was still winning nine games a year, yes, and they was. not didn't, didn't get. They have boosters. They have not recovered from that, truthfully. Uh, from firing Bo Pelini, it uh, does not look like Matt Rule's doing any better there, truthfully. Uh, but I just wanted to take a peek at the Bears' schedule. Uh, because we're seeing who they got now. They got the commanders up next. I believe they have like both of their top corners and their top safeties out for that game. So fantasy tip, if you have Terry McLaurin, you're going to want to start him yes, against sir. the Bears. Uh, if you weren't already going to start him against the Bears because it's the Bears. Um, but then they ho- play host of the Vikings. Then they have the Raiders. So we'll have some uh, divisional action going on there. But speaking of the Raiders, I want to talk about that Chargers-Raiders game because Brandon Staley seems to try to one-up himself every week about the dumbest thing that he can do. Uh, and telling, was it Derwin James to go down after his interception? I can't remember who it was with the interception, but he told them to go down uh, when they were up only a couple points. Um, and, and I swear, it's, it, it is baffling to me because the Chargers have real problems. And I, even outside of Brandon Staley, which is a real problem, they have other problems outside of Brandon Staley. Yeah. I mean, the problem... For me, it's like in that situation, I get it if Oakland had no timeouts or there was 30 seconds left. There was almost three minutes left in the game, and you're telling a guy to go down on an interception where it was clear that he was going to score a touchdown. It was a big six waiting to happen, and then he's jumping up and down to go down. I'm like, the analytical nerd should have told you to go score the touchdown, but now he plays again. I just don't understand Coaching this guy, I mean, 
and again, I, I don't like calling for people's jobs or anything like that because I think that's tacky. But I can question how the hell this guy even got the job being this bad. It's unbelievable how bad he is. Have you guys seen the movie Office Space? Yes. Yes. So that's essentially what what he is right now. He, he doesn't give a rat's ass mm-hmm. what you think. No. But his, he don't care about his performance. No. He, <laughs> he just do what he feels like. Because guess what? He's in Ocable. That's He's right. untouchable. Right? He's the Teflon Dawn. Right? He's what what are you gonna do? Not fire me again? Come on. I mean you, you have fun. You have fun. You do wacky stuff like that. Hey, guess what? I got a buddy who who wants to keep the under on this one. So I'm tamping it down for, <laughs> for Vegas. And that's how I'm gonna make this franchise money is we're gonna be in on it. Right? It's, it's what it is, man. So you get a lot of money on the under. So that's why he's like, hey, go down. Because guess what? We have no sort of offense whatsoever that's going to be able to drive down and score this. <laughs> yeah, he running. <laughs> I don't know what what he saw in his offense prior to that to think. Oh yeah, we'll be we can milk these three minutes off of the clock. We got oh, this. Like, that, fine. that outstanding <laughs> running game that the Chargers have. They just put it in four minute offense and ride it down. Jeez, hey, Chris Eckler was out too. Like Eckler was he? He wasn't playing, was he? No, he wasn't playing. Your quarterback had broken his finger. You know, I'm like, golly, this guy. I mean, who you have? Right? You don't have Mr. Handsome Face. I mean, yeah, Josh Jacob. I mean, I love Josh Jacobs, but mm. yeah, I'm not gonna rely on that. And I do think if Jimmy Garoppolo plays that game, I think the Raiders win. Um, yeah, it's a, or how it's about a... they just run the ball <laughs> on first and goal from the three? How about yes. you give it to them at least once? Nope, we're going to throw it with our rookie quarterback. Unbelievable. I, it's just, it's Pete Carroll all over again. It's, I'll tell it's, you what. There is some absolutely wild football taking place in the AFC West. Like, just from decision-making to uh, keeping coaches. Like, the Raiders legitimately cannot fire Josh McDaniels because they do they, not have enough money to fire Josh McDaniels. And they right. knew that last year. He had a whole offseason to think about this shit. Like, <laughs> he had a whole offseason to be like, what kind of things can I do to, to get fired? Like oh, he wants to. He's like, I'm done here. I just want to go away. My my <laughs> contract's guaranteed. I'll show up, do things, you know, and I'm good. Like, I'm good. Nick Tucker, think yes. about this question, fellas. How bad does your organization have to be run when you have a brand new, beautiful stadium that is sold out every week and you can't generate enough money to fire the coach because he's horrible? That is, to me, is absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Just from just from revenue alone, you should be able to generate enough money. So, how much in the red did they have to be? Yeah, that, that they can't do that. And it's just unbelievable. But that's the Raiders. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be what what they're paying Alameda to get out of that contract out there, yes. probably. Yeah, it's got to be like that's the only thing I can really. The only thing I can think of, right, Nick? That's the only thing I can think of. Because what in the world? How can you not have money? It. Uh, Mark Davis probably said one too many nights at the old roulette table, letting it run a little bit, oh, letting it run out a little bit, getting those million dollar markers. 
Man. Speaking of million dollars and Mark Davis, I don't know if you saw the Raiders made a million dollar donation to UNLV. Um, well, stop doing that. Pay your coach should, off. They should stop doing that. Um, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, why are they doing that? That is awful. They don't have any money. Um, so, on top of like this, the Chargers being uh, incompetent as always and being hurt as always because they've got a lot of injuries. Uh, JC, they traded JC Jackson back to the Patriots for a late round pick swap. Actually insane. Like that trade came through and it was just like two late round picks and they just swapped him and they give New England uh, JC Jackson. I'm not sure like on the contract split. I'm, I'll have to look that up. I don't know who's paying what part of the contract. Eh, I saw it. The Chargers are paying basically like 85% of it. And that makes it even worse. What a masterclass trade by Bill Belichick. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, that is... We wouldn't pay this guy, so he left. But we'll take him back from you after you paid him. Because he was an all-pro with us, so we'll take him back. It's amazing. They're getting the band back together over in New England. I don't know who's going to helm the ship. Well, they got uh, to. They got to they get some of that old stuff. Christian Gonzalez, I think I saw, is out for the season. Yeah, he's going to um, So they kind of they kind of have to. Um, in terms of that department. But a couple of signings, too, like Chandler Jones, obviously very different circumstances with Chandler Jones. People yeah. thought that that was going to be a problem signing for uh, for like teams in the AFC West. Um, you talk about Randy Gregory, another guy today who was like, oh. and like that he had the he had the exact same contract with the with the Cowboys, I believe. And he signed with the Broncos because he liked the language or something better in Denver. And so now he's a yeah. free agent after signing a five-year deal with them. That's crazy to me, by the way, because he was the man. I, yeah, he was. I don't understand I, that one. I really don't. Like, how How do you just... They like, owe $19 million, too. Guaranteed. They have to pay him $19 million over the next two years. It's insane. So from a Chiefs perspective, I can remember when all of these signings were made and people were saying, Chiefs, time's up. The AFC West is loading up. They got all these guys coming there. J.C. Jackson going to L.A. You've got Chandler Jones in Vegas. You've got, uh, you know, Randy Gregory going there. I think Frank Clark also is in there, which I hope Frank Clark's doing well. Just like, I hope Frank is. If if the Chiefs are smart and if, if Randy Gregory is okay mentally, that's a phone call they need to make. I mean. That is a phone yes. call they need to make. That dude's a monster. Yes, he is. Get this. Get this offensive line at week seven against the Chargers. You're going to have, or defensive line, I should say. Charles Aminihue, Chris Jones, Randy Gregory. Oh, I'm just telling you. Just those three right there. I don't need, I can throw in Felix. I could throw in Mike Dana. I could throw in uh, George Carloftis. It. I mean, it doesn't matter about the fourth guy in that situation. That is That's absolutely a phone call they got to make. And that's what Randy Gregory Gregory needs. Yeah, he does. He's that man. Because, you know, you got, uh, what's his face, Um, uh, number 11 for the Cowboys. Who's the the man? Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, man. Uh, I think that's what it was, man. He just, he's take the shine and Randy Gregory is able to flourish. So that's one of those things where you better watch where you leave, you know, watch where you leave from, man. It's like, you might need that because you might not be that, that 1A, but you're the 1B, 1C. And it's like, you need a 1A. And that's what I think that's what Randy Gregory needed. And Dan yeah. Quinn. This yeah. Nope, you're right. You're exactly right. Last team I want to talk about before we move on to Blind Noah and kind of wrap up the show here. 
Uh, I'm I'm surprised we went 29 minutes into this show without talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and what they've been doing um, as they lose to a Titans team that <laughs> I don't think is very good. Um, I like it's like a couple of deep shots in that game that was just like kind of said turn the tide because Joe Burrow's hurt. I mean that's that's it. Joe Burrow's hurt and he cannot drive the ball anywhere. He's like lobbing stuff out on opposite hash out routes. He does not look good. They need. I think they need to shut him down um, and let him get healthy because they just paid him an absolute bag. And that would be awful if he goes out and happens to Aaron Rodgers, like what Aaron Rodgers just did. Like, I don't. It's not worth it at this point. I know he was really focused on being uh, not going zero and three. Shout out to him for going out there and getting that win against the. Uh, against the Rams because he went out and laid an egg that whole offense did against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I don't know, Big B, what your thoughts are on the Bengals. Are they out of it at this point, or uh, do you think they can still turn it around after a tough first quarter of the season? Well, I mean, there's still a lot of football, so they can still right. turn it around. But the the what you said about Joe Burrow is right. He's hurt. I mean, I read it, looked it up. He didn't throw a pass last week further than 17 yards down the field. I'm sorry, you're not winning NFL football games like that if you're not going to throw the ball down the field. 17 yards is nothing. I mean, so if that's all he can do, or maybe it's because my man Orlando Brown can't protect and he was getting destroyed again. I, I tried to take up for him. I I'm glad people called me to the carpet on that because he <laughs> was getting destroyed again. My goodness. And... You know, they can't protect him. They can't run the football. Jamar Chase is furious. If I'm the Bengals, which, again, Bengals management for years was horrible. Doesn't sound like it's any better. They should have said, you just paid this guy $219 million guaranteed dollars. If he can't play the first three or four weeks to get healthy, when they told you that the injury was going to take that long, what are we doing here? I mean, you know, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And now he's still hurt. And probably just as hurt as he was at the beginning, it's not getting any better. I, the Bengals, there's still a lot of football left, but they, I, I don't see them getting back in it, man. I don't. Mm. Nick, your thoughts? You know, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just don't get it. Like, why, why are they trying to do this to me? Like, why, why are they forcing an issue? Why can't you say, hey, look, you know, let, let's see, let, let's see what we got back here, you know. Yeah. Let, let's take some hits off of you, right? Like, like who who is your who is your backup here, right? I mean, is it is I'm looking I'm looking at their thing. AJ McCarron, they Jake they, Browning. Yeah, they didn't have a backup for like That's a hot problem. minute there. That's like, right. They legitimately, did not have somebody on the roster as a backup, which is a is the is is the problem. They don't like they just don't have anybody behind them because they paid them way too much. I mean, you can't get that. You can't get a Chad Henney, right? Like, I mean, honestly, that's the place, though. If I'm the backup, that's where I don't want to go because you're going to have to actually play. <laughs> this is not. This is not behind Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, behind Drew Brees type stuff. Or you don't miss games. Like this is, you know, this is iffy. You know, you're questionable every week, and you're practicing up until Saturday, until you're not, as as the backup in Cincinnati. But I'm just not. I'm just not it just it's amazing how how Joe Burrow is so worth it to that team because look at them without Joe Joe Burrow or a mobile Joe Burrow too right I mean they they also look bearsy right they they yeah. look giancy 
right? It's like just not, they don't look f- like you're not afraid of them. You're not afraid of them. Not right now. Their defense isn't even playing the same, right? What man that 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 Cincy that that Cleveland game, right? A Cleveland game, week one. Yeah, that was that really took it out of them. That took yeah, it out of them. That, that was brutal. They got physically whipped. <laughs> physically whipped against Cleveland. That was like. I don't know if we accounted for the losses they had in their secondary as much as pro- we probably should have in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, when it, uh, Bell. Yeah. When it comes to like just defensively for them, they had some pretty major losses in that secondary. And it's showing. Like it, it's showing yep. uh, because teams like, let me check my notes here real quick. The, the Tennessee Titans are shredding them up. Like what is going Like the Titans are not a good football team. Like they're a weird football team. That is built around like 1940s football. I'm pretty sure in 2023 they have an absolute uh, mutant that runs the ball. I, I so my girlfriend Tara is trying to like learn football and like learn positions, and so I'm trying to explain. I was like, okay, you know, wide receivers usually sometimes they're a little bit taller, but they're usually thinner guys. They're guys that are going to go uh, like they, they catch the ball. And Derrick Henry's kind of thrown a whole wrench in the yeah. prototypes of me trying to. So he's like, well, that guy looks pretty big. I was like, well, he is pretty big. Uh, is, he, is he a tight end? No, he's not a tight end. Uh, so, is, so does he play offensive line? No, he's he's actually a running back. And she said, is that the same position as Clyde? I said, that is. And that's a really good point to make, <laughs> that those two people play the same position. Um, and they also have, an, no offense to Ryan Tannehill, a geriatric man at playing quarterback for him was a noodle arm. I mean, uh, they they don't have a, a, a their offense is so bizarre to me. How they were able to hang what was it twenty seven right, points on the Bengals and the Bengals mustered three points against Titans who have generally had tough defenses, but nothing that like an offensive Joe Burrow and T Higgins and Jamar Chase shouldn't be able to shred up. I, I don't know. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm cooling on the on the uh, Bengals in terms of like from a Chiefs fan perspective. I don't know if I'm that worried about the Bengals anymore when it comes to uh when it comes down to it. Joe Burrow has not looked good. I'm really I I just I'm genuinely worried that they're going to hurt him and it's going to be like put just be bad for the future of that organization um, by trying to push him for this year because, you know, the window's not open very long, right? I get it. And they've got to pay. They've got to have a year where they've got all these guys healthy. But at what cost? That's It's that meme, you know, but at what cost uh, of uh, Thanos? Exactly. I know what I have to do, but at what cost? No, I just, I don't know. The Bengals are such an interesting case to me. Healthy Joe Burrow, though, you, you, you were afraid of this team. Dog, yeah, no, I, I, yes, I'm one of the I few Chiefs fans that respect Joe Burrow. Actually, I'll say this though, and I know you both can attest to it. There's only so many years you can get by with having a bad offensive line. They were able to get by for a while having a bad offensive line, and it seems like this year is the year that's like, no, no, you're you're not going to get by this year without having a bad. We are going to pressure you. We are going to run off the edges. Joe Mixon looks like he's lost a step, so they can't run the football. Um, and it's weird because they had a bad left tackle, and they moved him over to right tackle, and then you paid all this money for a new bad left tackle. So now you have a bad left and right tackle. I'm like, 
My goodness, yeah. man. They just, like I said, there's only so many years you can get by without having a bad offensive line. Defensive coaches and coordinators get paid too. They'll figure it out, and they're like, you're soft off the edge or and at the point of attack. Those guys can't double team. They can't get any movement. It just mm-hmm. They'll figure all that stuff out, man, and it looks like they have been found, figured out. It looks like they've been figured out. Joe Burrow going to start a book club and go hang out with Andrew Luck. That's what he's about to do. Take yeah, you can hits. only take so many hits, man. You can only take so many hits. That's, I mean, yeah, Andrew Luck had to retire. Look at uh, uh, not Derek Carr, but his brother David Carr yeah. had to retire. Just got beat to hell. I mean, there's only so much, man. There's only so much. There is indeed. Um, but before we get to our last, our last segment here, blind nail. I gotta tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook as the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week and score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. When you bet five on the NFL, let's go KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, fellas. Um, do you know how long 168 hours is, by the way? No, it's like, what, eight days? No. It's seven. It's a week. Seven. Ooh. I'd do the math on that. was good off the top of the, off the dome, Nick. I would not have gotten that close. I would have said, oh, it's undivisible by, I think we, I can't remember how we decided, like how we went about it, but it was not the right way we decided to go about it to try to figure it out. And it was like, oh, that's undivisible by, uh, I, I did multiples of 50. And that's, I was going to say nine. I was going to say nine days. So I was way off. See, I undershot it. I was like, oh, that's probably like, well, it's probably like six days. And I was like, yeah. But anyway, seven days is what 168 hours is. The more you know on this podcast. Also, I looked up up the definition of feckless to call back to that. Uh, It's lacking initiative or strength of character. Irresponsible. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. The the, uh, sentence example is a feckless mama's boy. Um, (laughs) Golly. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is, man. It's just, it's just, you're not, there's no teeth. Like, you have no, no teeth, right? You have no, you gotta wet, wet the dog food to eat it. Oh, feckless mama's boy. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a 1920s diss. <laughs> you got him good. You got Justin Fields good. All right, Nick. Uh, you haven't been here for a minute, so I want to start with you with your uh, blind nail. What do you got for us? All right. I know everyone's thinking, not players, but, management management tanks players don't tank right because right. players tank right there your job is on the line so but management management tank i guess because 
you know, you look at people trading away people right now, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, okay, you're tanking. I get it. So everyone's looking for Caleb Williams, right? They think Caleb Williams is the truth. And Caleb Williams is saying, I can make more money at USC than I can as a rookie. Then I'm not going to go. I'm naming all these big things and already being a diva. Name me the last great USC quarterback in the NFL. Ooh. I mean, that's tough because I, I would say it's Carson Palmer. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's Carson Palmer because all those other guys did Matt Leinerts and, and Matt, what was it, uh, Mark Sanchez. They were just bad. Bad, bad, bad. But yeah, I would say Carson Palmer. And then before that, hmm. It, it gets dicey. Nobody. Yeah, it gets got, dicey. Joe Namath? No, no, where's Joe Namath? <laughs> you, you, Alabama. <laughs> okay. He's, he, he's, he's, he's got the cop out of uh, Caleb Williams. Just like, oh, I was actually at OU. OU's actually where I'm from. I'm yeah, always, yeah, right. That's what you better be saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always curious, like, when I, when, with these guys that are living the transfer portal era now, right? What are they going to say on their Sunday Night Football intro? Like, it's probably the last one they went to, right? But, like, what do you say on the Sunday Night Football intro of a guy like Spencer Radler? Okay, let's use him for an example. Guy who played at Oklahoma is going to finish his career at South Carolina. Is he going to say South Carolina? Probably. Um, yeah. But, like, I assume Caleb Williams will say USC. But guys who spend, the major- like, a good 50-50 hardy split of their career. Like, I think about Jalen Hurts, too. Like, Jalen Hurts didn't spend, like, 50-50 of his career at Oklahoma. He spent, like, a year on, on o- at Oklahoma. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, what does he claim? I think he does claim Oklahoma uh, w- when it comes to it. But I'm just, I don't know, that's a sidetrack, side little bar there. But I'm always interested in that. Like, kids who transfer, what school are they going to claim? Uh, when they're in NFL, and I think it is like, I think the NFL wants it to be like the last school you went to. But well, what is what is Russell Wilson playing? That's a good, yeah. right? That's a good point. State or Wisconsin, right? I think he claims Wisconsin. Exactly, because yeah, a lot of those guys left under while they played there a few years. They left under a little bit of duress. Like Russell Wilson, the coach basically told him. Hey, sorry, you're not going to be, we're not, I know you started for three years, but if you come back, we're not giving you the job. Like, okay, oh, you're getting rid of an NFL quarterback for who? So, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Just a, just a weird thought that I had. Is uh, that Philip Rivers at NC State? Yeah, I think Philip Rivers was before he then. He was gone? Yeah. Philip Rivers already had six kids by that time. <laughs> He's still trying to figure out what makes those things happen. Uh, he's, he's still trying to figure it out. There's uh, a comment here from Casey Masterpiece. Uh, when is Nick Bolton coming back? Uh, he practiced today in a limited capacity. So as uh, what day is it? Wednesday practice limited. That's a good sign, right, uh, in terms of uh, his ability to return. I think sitting about against the Jets and the Bears is, was probably the right choice. Just say, like, hey, you know what? Don't worry about these guys. You'll be okay. We need you to get healthy. Vikings a little bit bigger of a test. They've got some good weapons on offense um, that will be beneficial to have uh, have Nick Bolton on the field for. So I'll be curious to see how he progresses throughout the week. And honestly, if he doesn't come back this week, I don't think it's that big of a deal because Drew Tranquil's been playing very well at that Mike Linebacker position, getting everybody lined up. So um, it's nice that the Chiefs have two very competent Mike Linebackers. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just a little, little, little sidebar there. But uh 
the first one that came to my head was was uh, Linehart, but I don't think uh, Linehart. I don't know why I said oh because he does in the in the you or in the yeah. documentary that they do. He says Lionheart all the time, yes. <laughs> and that's why I said it like that because that's how Linehart. <laughs> Matt Leiter was the first one that came to my head. Uh, actually, fun fact about me: this is going to show how how young I am. One of the first college football games I remember is the USC uh, Texas national championship game. That's like one of the oh, yeah. like one of the early memories I have of college football. Phenomenal game to remember. It's a great one. But yeah, uh great one. that's like the first college football game I can remember seeing me like this young guy's pretty good. This yeah. Yeah, he was. That guy's pretty good at football. Um it is a shame that he did not do that uh, for the Tennessee Titans very often. But what you game gets more more difficult, right? Game gets more deep. You gotta be on on all aspects of your game. Can't just have one or two, you gotta have them all. It's true. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Big B, I want you to close this out, so I'm going to go next. Okay. Um, Nick, last week I used this opportunity to talk about Taylor Swift for 15 minutes. I'm not going to do that this week. Um, not going to do that this week. I've got a football one, and uh, I'm curious. If you had to place any one player, if you could put any one player, doesn't matter about caplets, forget about all the nerdy stuff, right? You could just click one player up, put them on any NFL team, what do you want to see? Like, what particular player do you want to see in a certain scheme or a system or play with another player uh, that you would want? Like, that's like if your dream scenario, your dream setup. Um, I would, okay, here, the easiest easiest thing I could ever possibly do and think of, I'm merging both my worlds right here. So if I could take one player, put him on another team, right? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep, yep. Take Patrick Mahomes, put him in Dallas. They're never losing a game ever again. You got you got top tier offensive line, you know. You have you know C.D. Lamb. You got you got Pollard. Um, you got Deuce Vaughn backing up. Uh, who else you got out there in Dallas, man? They got some freaking absolute Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. That's what the the veteran wide receiver, right? You got veteran, then you got C.D. This playmaker. Don't even get me started on this Dallas scoring defense, right? Seriously, yeah. yeah. Jerry Jones needs to make a play for Mahomes, right? I mean, he say, "Listen, we'll we'll build you a new stadium if you give us Mahomes." Right, right. That's 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 the stakes right there. But I feel if you put Patrick Mahomes with Dallas, just take out take out Dak, put in Mahomes, probably hanging a pet hanging a, a McDaniel's on everybody from from here on out, <laughs> you know, for everybody. So yeah, that would be the ultimate. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I was going to kind of go kind of the same way because uh, I like your your train of thought there, Nick. I was going to say take Patrick Mahomes and put him on the 49ers. Oh! <laughs> With that, that be- roster. I mean, obviously, if you're eliminating, you know, salary caps and all that stuff, you put him on that roster? I mean, it's – you talk about not losing the game. Yeah, I'm not sure they're yeah. losing the game ever. <laughs> I'm as a as a Chiefs fan, this isn't a very fun exercise for me, right? Because just keep, <laughs> just keep taking Patrick Mahomes away from the Chiefs. Um, which my that's what my answer was too, is taking him away from the Chiefs and putting him at a team. I will say later, but uh, just imagine him in the Shanahan offense. Oh my gosh, uh, just thinking about him in the Shanahan offense is oh. Fine, Kyle Shanahan can come be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Uh, that's how we'll make it work. Uh, I'll allow it. But my my answer 
was the Miami Dolphins because could you could you imagine what Tyreek what Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes could do? Like, could you just imagine those two guys playing on the same team together? That would be so cool. We already saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something good for you though, Tucker. Let me let me throw this at you. What if we took the the '85 Bears defense, okay, and put it on the Chiefs right now? Well, that's, that's weird because they already have the 85 Bears defense. I'm convinced. Oh, I'm I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm oh. messing around. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no. So that's interesting because um, they really need a wide receiver. Can any of those guys on the 85 Bears play wide receiver? Uh, maybe no, for no. Trader Perry. Maybe um, can you go out for a pass? Um, no, I, that would be interesting. Uh, with uh, I I think yeah. that they could still see. Here's the thing. Maybe we should reverse engineer this. How many teams... So, if you were to put Patrick Mahomes on every NFL team, would they have a shot to win the Super Bowl? Mm, the Giants? No, no the Giants have a shot? No? No, no, because they're, they're still... They don't have any receivers that are any good, and that line is still That's pathetic. True. And we saw the Chiefs in a Super Bowl when guys got hurt and they didn't have a line. That's correct. That, that didn't look good. I mean, you had... That one play where he threw it from the ground and hit old boy in the, in the face. Yeah. He still yeah. made top 100 NFL plays. <laughs> oh, my God. Hit him in the I mean, face mask. Yeah. If, if you're Daryl Williams, you have to live with that the rest of your life. The rest of your life. This man is horizontal to the ground and throws a pass that hits you in the face mask. Unbelievable. Yeah. So the Giants, we all agree that the Giants, that they, they would still not be a Super Bowl contender. No. Uh, the, the Titans? Would the Titans be? They'd be better because de- the Titans' defense is actually pretty good. Yeah. So the they Sultans. would be better. Yeah, they, they would be better. They would be better. Steelers? Eric Henry, that, that, that'd be cool. That'd be cool NBA GM combo. Yeah. What about, what about your Steelers, Big B? No, the Steelers' defense, we still can't stop the run. Look, I, I never thought I'd say this about the Steelers. I've been making posts and talking to people basically for the last few days. It, it's sad to say, and it's weird to say, because Mike Tomlin's not that old, but it looks like the game has passed him because we get all this locker room talk. We get all this podium talk. But you know what? You have to make changes within yeah. your organization to keep up with the times. You can't win in the NFL right now by saying, we're going to play great defense, just play ball control offense, try not to make any mistakes, play good special teams, and if we can beat you 20-17, to 17, we'll just beat you. You can't do that anymore. Not to win enough games to get to the playoffs and win playoff games, you can't win like that. You got to have offense. And he doesn't, but he won't change. And if he doesn't change, how do you win? And it's sad, like I said, it's, like not, it's not like Mike Tomlin's 70 years old or something like that, because right. he isn't. But it's just like, and I love him. And if the Steelers got rid of him, he'd have another job before he got out the door. Yep. He would. But he would have to change. They would have to force him to play a different way because you can't play that way in the NFL anymore. They don't allow defenses to do it like that anymore. No. That's interesting. Uh, the other one here, uh, I'm just looking at the, like, the worst offensive lines, basically, is what I'm doing. Uh, the Patriots. Would, would the Patriots be a Super Bowl contender? You got Juju. Juju, you know, I mean, you got Hunter Henry, right? Is he still healthy? I think they got Gasecki. They got Gasecki too. I think they they would definitely be better. I mean, you know, 
I, I think they would have a shot. I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl, but I think they'd have a shot to be a decent team. Belichick could scheme that. I mean, he, he, I mean, I don't think Belichick gets enough credit for Randy Moss, Tom Brady here, the 18 and one season. I don't think they get enough credit for that. That was an absolute juggernaut of a squad. It was. You know, one, whatever it was. So I think, I think I've hit the limit. Until the Giants, until the Giants came. Hmm. So weird. That's so weird. Our Giants come through. Here's a plan for you, Tucker. What if you could drop prime Jerry Rice on the Chiefs today? Super Bowl. I mean, would would they, would, I mean, just think about that. Prime Jerry Rice. Because they run the same offense. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. They're on the same offense. You throw a prime Jerry Rice in there right now. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nasty. What, what about height and speed, prime Randy Moss? Yeah, that that would be brutal. Bro, he he'd get off that snap. Yeah. Within hmm. two seconds, I'm buying to just throw it out there, and Mahomes could throw it as far as he wanted, and he would be able to out throw it. Whatever you want, you he, he couldn't overthrow Randy Moss. He, he Second and thirty. I mean, you know what we're doing. We're going. What we're doing. We're, we're doing it. You can play a cover four shell if you want. I'm running past it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Big B, why don't you take us home here? All right. Well, mine's not football, just like last week. I kind of good. I like trying to get the the people a little interaction here. And what is the most starstruck person that you have ever met? Hmm. And I'll go first. I'll, I'll I'll throw mine out there first while you guys think. Mine was Dr. J. I remember I was in uh, Vegas and we were hanging out and we were at the Encore Hotel and a friend of mine had had some kind of star suite. He thought he could get into some club with flip-flops and they told him, of course, oh. no. And had to go back and change. So we're walking through and we go through the lobby the check-in and there he is standing there and i'm like oh my god i said hey man that's dr j and we walk by and he looks at it because there's only three people that are standing there there's only three people in this area and he looks at he goes hey young fella and all i could get out was hey that's all i could say <laughs> I, I didn't say hi back i didn't say hey dr yeah. j how's it going nothing all i got out was just hey and then we walked by and i was like I can't believe it. It was Dr. J. I didn't even say anything. And I'm like, oh my God. I called my mom. She made fun of me. It was a bad day after that. <laughs> even your mom, even mom was like, what are you Even doing? mom. Oh yeah. gosh. I can't, can't believe you didn't talk to him and get his autograph. I'm like, yeah, all I said was, hey, unbelievable. <laughs> Just choked. That's like a bad nightmare when you have uh, socks and you're chased by wolves on a linoleum floor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> The far side cartoon. That's that's too. Uh, all right, I I have three, and I'll let Ooh. you guys choose your own adventure. Um, Christian Scott was a jazz jazz as a jazz musician. Um, I saw him in New Orleans when I was back for the reunion, and he was not big at the time. This is 2019, or yeah, 2019. He wasn't like big as he is now. Still, probably not as big as whatever. But I saw him. And and I don't get I don't I don't geek out on celebrities, but him I listened to his music and he was in New Orleans and and he was still relatively unknown. I'm like, hey, hey, love your music. What are you in town for? We talked for a couple of minutes. I'm like, Big B, right? I, 
Couldn't get anything out. I was going to talk to him. He's in town for a or he he was there for a wedding at the hotel, and um, I asked to get a picture. And this is this this will date me. Fudge, this might be even earlier than that. Was that kind of yeah? It was earlier. It was 09. My wife took a picture on my BlackBerry. <laughs> okay, and it turned out fuzzy, and I was like, "Come on, lady! Like, come, <laughs> why would you?" Fuzzy. So that was one. And then um, Kelsey Grammer. I met Kelsey Grammer at our Super Bowl party uh, afterwards. And that was, the, I would say that would have to be the peak because I, I love Frasier. It's a great show. It's a fantastic show. I love Kelsey Grammer from Cheers and Frasier. And he just, I read about him in Playboy magazine. You know, he's mm-hmm. one of those guys big. I read about him, Cigar Aficionado. So we share all these, you know, these, these interests. And um, I remember giving him, I had a cigar, a Cuban cigar. I wanted to coach game and go, hey, buddy, here's a Cuban cigar. And um, I was like, I, lo- I loved your work forever. So, yeah, that, that's me. And I was like geeking out. And I was like, when people were like, what was your, your favorite moment in the Super Bowl? I was like, after you won it, it was like meeting Kelsey Grammer at the after party. <laughs> that's awesome. Who's your third? Uh, Ultimate Warrior when I was a kid. Ooh. <laughs> Let no, I, don't know, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, you just slid that in. What are you talking about? Kelsey Grammer was the peak. I don't know, man. Ultimate Warrior. I mean, they so, um, stuff. Right. He's painted out. Like, it wasn't just like. Oh, okay, but but it was. So, my sister and I used to love WWF. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back in the day, it was WWF. And this was like early 90s. So, I'm like 10. And um, we're in Grapevine, in Grapevine, Texas, you know, and we're eating at the Chili's. In Grapevine, Texas, and it's a random—I don't even know what the hell day it was. Uh, we're sitting there and we're looking out the window and uh, see this Porsche roll up. You know, early '90s in Grapevine, you show up, roll up in a Porsche, like you're like, "Damn, that's that's doing something." And it was it was hilarious because this Porsche rolls up, so we're looking, and all of a sudden you see this like creature emerge from the Porsche. Like imagine, like you just like step out of the Porsche, and Elton War must have been eight foot two. And he had the long blonde hair. Yeah. He was wearing a pink uh, cut off shirt, like the sweater. Remember when you, you cut cut off a sweater? Yeah. And he stepped out and he had this little like black, like date planner thingy and it was just stuffed, whatever. And my sister and I were like, oh my God, that's the ultimate warrior. Like right away, like 1000% you are dead, dead, whatever. And she sits at the bar. My sister and I are eating. My mom is a flight attendant, so she has no problem talking to anybody, right? Anybody. And so my sister and I are like, like we're like, oh no, we're not going to go talk to him. My mom went over there, be like, hey, hey, Mister Warrior, um, is that okay if uh, my kids are big fans? She goes, is that okay if you sign some autographs for my kids? He's like, oh yeah, sure. And he signed two post-it notes for my sister and I, and he had a beautiful signature. That's awesome. Yeah. My mom got them laminated, and over the years, they got lost. But yeah, ultimate warrior. That's incredible. Yeah. That's that's a great story. And he just started to slide it in. He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, my th- come on. My third one was the ultimate warrior. Uh, the original, <laughs> the original. Yeah, I'm a big fan of WWE documentaries, and like oh, they yeah. do, they do, they do documentaries really well. The WWE, obviously, because it's like a storytelling industry. And tragic um, endings too. <laughs> lots, lots of tragic endings. Um, but I think like if I was ever to meet Stone Cold Steve Austin, it would be like that way of just like, oh my gosh, I like that's Stone Cold uh, type of deal. But I, I can't really remember any off the top of my head where I was just like, holy cow, that's, uh, 
I think um, the first time that I that I was uh, that I met like Gary Pinkle from Mizzou, I was like, whoa, because like growing up, like that was a big deal. Gary Pinkle's a big deal for from Mizzou, but uh, I, that's the first one that came to my head was was Gary Pinkle. Uh, he he did a lot for the program and everything like that, but. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, but I felt bad throwing that in there because I didn't want to step on top of Nick's Ultimate Warrior story because that's so much better uh, <laughs> than than what my story was going to be. Uh, that's insane about the Ultimate Warrior. But uh, we appreciate everybody who was uh, watching live at the time, hanging out with us here on Outside the Trenches. We go live every uh, Wednesday night at 9 p.m., hanging out with you guys, doing the B-side, taking a look around the NFL. We appreciate you guys listening after the fact as well. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts before we go? No, no, just to enjoy it. Enjoy it. Big B? No, no, just have fun, man. I appreciate everybody that stayed up. Yes, sir. Enjoy it from Nick. Have fun from Big B. Uh, my parting words are, uh, just do it. Uh, that's going to do it for Outside of Churches on this week's edition. We'll be back next week to talk more NFL and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC. So I'm Tucker Franklin for Nick Lucky and Big B, Brian Hanley. I'll talk to you next.